something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the secret broadcast cave of the Phantom Radio Studio in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started this show in 2002, and since then, he's recorded over 1,200 shows featuring over 400 different guests. That's a literal who's who in bowling. In 1995, Len finished his lane conditioning relationship with the PBA. That same year, John Davis of the Kegel Company requested for his professional lane maintenance guidance, and he's been with Kegel ever since. It's always fun, it's always informative, and now the Phantom and his friends are hosting the Phantom Radio Junior Bowling Club. The Phantom will tell you more. Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week we have yet another very special guest to talk to as we continue to interview who's who in the world of bowling in each and every area of our great sport. And our guest this week is a man that I met over 40 years ago when he produced the bowling magazine TV show with ABC champion Luke Scalia. And our guest basically cut his teeth on a bowling ball as he started bowling at age four. Then, at the age of about seven, his father's friend built a bowling lane in the backyard, and it occupied our guest time for years and years. Well, he fell in love with the game, and he eventually played on the University of Florida varsity team for two years. He majored in broadcasting and to this day, still loves bowling. So let's get him out here again and find out more about our guest, Bob Geismar. Hello, Bob, and welcome back to Phantom Radio. Oh, Lenny and Phantom, it is great to be with you as always. You know, I um, had the softest part, part of my heart for you and what you do for people in, in the bowling industry and for kids especially. So I think we have a... I hope we have a good special show for everybody today. I'm sure we will, because as you know, our listeners love stories. In fact, they love bowling tips from the pros, and they love stories from all the bowling people that we know. And it's just <laughs> the past is one of the most important things that we all enjoy. And I understand that you've got two great bowling stories about major manufacturers and also a bowling story about juniors which we want to fit in because we've got our own junior program going. So why don't you tell us a quick story about one of the dealings that you had with the giant AMF, okay? I'm ready, yes. Well, we had been on the air for a couple years. I want to say two, maybe three years. And we were doing good, but I wanted to see if I could get a title sponsor 
for our show, which would even be better. And AMF had just in, it was either 92 or 93, had just had a huge IPO with Goldman Sachs and raised over half a billion dollars. So I knew in, in the broadcast industry, in any industry, you go where the money is, Len. So I called up uh, AMF and Doug Standard was the CEO at the time and he put the deals together and I knew that he knew me from my show and I wanted to see if I could get an appointment with him. Called him up and he said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 15 minutes from 5.15 to 5.30, whatever the date was, three weeks in advance, and you uh, can, can pitch me, you can have some fun, we'll, we'll talk and um, about doing something together. And so then the wheels started turning, 15 minutes. So my kids, a couple of them are teenagers, they're going, you're gonna go all the way to Richmond, Virginia from Florida. You gotta fly, you gotta rent a, a, a car, you have to stay in a hotel, you gotta spend all this money for 15 minutes. And I said, kids, it's quality in life, not quantity. I said, if the man gave me five minutes, I would do this, set it up. But what I did is I had a presentation made through my production house. We went to work. I didn't go up there empty handed. So my, my other lesson in this is preparation is the key to success. We're in the middle of football season. Football coaches work 70, 80, 100 hours a week for a three-hour football game. So it's all about preparation. I was so prepared for this. So we, I fly up, I go into the meeting, and a couple other guys that you know, Dale Nimala and uh, Steve Mackey, I'm sure you know Steve, were in the meeting. And the, I knew the first question he would ask me is, what does AMF stand for? And of course, I know that American Machine Foundry. So now we do the presentation and lend the 15 minutes turns into an hour <laughs> from five. That's true. From 515 till about 615. Then we talk some more and we we laid the groundwork for them to be the title sponsor of the show. It was I had the year wrong. It was like 97, not 92. Beg your pardon. But. So the point and the, the moral to the story is in life, most of the time, it's quality that counts over quantity. Anyway, the story is we made a, a wonderful deal that lasted for three years. And that we'll talk other times about what we did with them. But again, my, my stories, that's a, that is the, the um, genesis of a broadcast deal started from scratch and here we are with amf as our title sponsor that is a cool story you know and it fits right in with what i want to talk a little bit about i don't want to take up all your time because this is your show but talk about starting something out as you know in march we started a junior program all we want to do is highlight the kids give them some exposure and we're just starting out and in about six months basically uh, we've got now 150 members and it's free to join. And I've got three volunteers, myself. We've all got a real job, but we love bowling so much. And we love the, the passion of the kids. If 
you ever go to a junior tournament and you watch that and see all that camaraderie going on, and they didn't care if they win or lose. They just want to bowl good and have fun. The kids that I've been watching, the top players around the country, they sit there, they behave themselves, they know the rules, they know how to drill a bowling ball, help more than we knew back in our day. My partners are, are Dave Kowalski, uh, Brian Hirsch, he's, he's in Wisconsin. Uh, Dave is, is up in Michigan. He's a Hall of Fame coach up there. And then Sam Villarreal, he's that caricature guy that you probably see on Facebook all the time. He draws all these pictures. He used to be a scratch golfer, a scratch bowler, uh, the whole nine yards. This guy's a, he's a genius. He's got a lot of talent. But anyway, that, that's basically about our, our story with our kids. We're, we're building a brand-new website for them right now. We've been using Facebook, but that's kind of nickel and dime. We're going to go full speed ahead with this nice Facebook or a nice uh, website that we've had some uh, boosters help us get together with and do all that. But I want to hear a story from you. You told me before we started talking on the show that you had a junior story to tell me because I know you've been involved in bowling for, well, I know how old you are. So you've probably been bowling now for 70 years, but uh, <laughs> just take that back one step. And then I want to have time for one last story when you were dealing with a big a big company. That was the NFL. Give us, right. give us a junior bowling story first. Happy to do it. Um, by the way, I have a lot of junior stories. I as, as we've talked in previous episodes with you, junior bowling is very near and dear to my heart. I started league bowling at seven. They didn't have shoes that fit me, so I had to bowl in my in my socks. Oh. Anyway, here's the story. I'm 13. I am trying to qualify at my local and regional area in Rochester, New York, for my state finals. I've never been to the state championship. I'm bowling really well. And I have a really good chance to do it. It was during spring break. For some reason, my mom, who almost never, she would drop us off and just let us bowl. And she was watching me. And I don't know how I figured it out, but I was down to the to the 10th frame. I told my mom, I figured it out. I only need nine pins and I'm going to the state championship. I said, mom, the only thing I don't want to do is leave the double pinnacle. Len, what did I do? No. I did. Honest <laughs> to God, I left the double pinnacle. The ball knuckled on me. And so now I'm 13 years old. I make the two pins and I'm gone. I'm done. I'm not going. And you're, when you're 13, I'm in shock. I, I cannot, I can remember it. I, I'm, I'm in, I'm like, my life's over. I'm done. I, you can't cry. You're 13. 13 year old boys don't cry in public. So I got my equipment and I went into the men's room. My mom's worrying about me because I'm not coming out of the men's room because I'm bawling my, my brains out. I am so unhappy. I still remember it. And she can't go in the men's room to get me. So she goes, we knew everybody in the bowling center. She goes to the snack bar and we knew the owner of the snack bar. His name was John Cook, a wonderful sweetheart man. She goes, I guess she said, John, Bobby's in the, in, in the men's room. He, he didn't make it and he's upset and I don't know what's going on. He said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So John Cook comes into the, into, the, into the men's room. 
he sees me there and all of a sudden, you know, I can't cry in front of him. Said, I know, I know it didn't work out for you today. I know that. Your mom told me. He said, but you know, Don Carter loses. Dick mm -hmm. Weber loses. Everybody loses. No big deal. It's okay. There'll be another day. And he says, come on, come on out with me. Uh, you know, let's get you something to eat and relax. Everything's, everything is fine. And, and it's like, you know, the sky opened up for me. You know, the sky was blue instead of being gray. <laughs> and and my the lesson that he taught me was you have to understand that you will lose. And in, in most bowlers, lose more than they win. And so, it, again, another lesson for the kids, just live with it as best you can. Figure it out. Find a way to understand that losing or not winning, I should say, is a part is just as much a part of the game as winning. And, and it is true. I even spoke to Don Carter once about it. He said, you know, he, he hated losing way more than he loved winning. Losing just killed him. He'd go in his house and lock the door for a couple of weeks and come out. <laughs> so you got it. You have to find a way of doing it. But he cleared the air. I felt like a, I could be alive that day. Len, you know how bad I felt that day. I cannot even tell you. I was within inches of, of a, you know, a dream going to the state championship in New York State. Back then, that was a big deal. Anyway, that's story number two today. That's a great story. You know, there's a lot of wisdom to that, a lot of philosophy to that. Um, and you're right about winning and losing. That's the one thing I always talk to the junior bowlers about. Uh, when they get to a good a level that they're pretty good, I want to find out how do you handle losing? You, yes. Yeah. Because, yes, because you, you, I'm sorry for interrupting, but a part that is as big a part or bigger than winning. It really is. Unfortunately, we lose more than we win in, in a lot of athletic events. Sure does. You know, uh, we mentioned this before, but it stands out like a sore thumb. If, if you're a top player in the major leagues, and you hit 300, that means you're successful three out of 10 times at the plate. But that also means you fail seven times. So <laughs> how do those guys overcome it, right? And, and, and Len, you're probably going to the Hall of Fame if you have a 300 career average. Boy, for close. sure. Yeah, we, you and I could talk baseball forever. Oh, oh yes, we can, but we're yes, gonna probably can. we're gonna probably do it in one of these shows along the line. But um, oh. there's one thing I want to mention before we go into your last story, yes. and that is uh, you mentioned that you were from Rochester, and one of my partners, uh, volunteers, is from Rochester. His name was Sam Villarreal, and he still lives there. I don't know if you ever ran across him, but he's a heck of an artist, a bowler, golfer, you name it. Isn't that amazing? I, we've been gone. I've been gone since 1969. So the answer is probably not, although there's a lot of names that would be familiar to me, but that's not one of them. But, uh, All right. is a fantastic bowling city always was Marcel's was a great center. And, and the bowling center that I bowled in was owned by a, a, the man's, his son went to school with me. I knew all the kids there. It was just a family enterprise. Great stuff. All right. It's time for your last story. I know this is going to be a good one. We usually save the best to the end. Uh, but I know that you have a great NFL story. So 
What's that one all about? I do. Well, again, being a broadcaster, I'm trying to give our audience another side of, of the industry. So uh, it was it was 1992-ish, 93, and we were on the air for a couple years. And I wanted, um, I read somewhere in one of the my broadcasting publications that NFL Films was welcoming new projects. So I called them up and I said, how would you like to be involved with a bowling magazine show, getting it on TV? They said, well, come up to NFL Films and we'll talk to you about it. So I flew up, it's in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, which is across the Ben Franklin Bridge from Philly. So you fly into Philly. And in the, at the first meeting with Steve Sable, we all know who he was, he passed away. He was the president of the company. Harlan Sugarman, who was the vice president in charge of marketing, and John Collins was there, and John was their Madison Avenue salesman. And I'm meeting with them, and I knew I was selling bowling, and I also knew I was selling bowling land to the National Football League, not just to NFL Films, because their connection was heart and soul with the NFL and still is. So this could be a golden opportunity. I don't even know what the opportunity might be. I'm just running with it. And they really liked me, they did. Steve Sable quizzed me extensively on, on the sport of bowling. He said, you know, I know Chris Schenkel and Saturday afternoon and all that, but I wanna know more. So we had a long visit and they said, here's the deal. They, I went home and they said, here's the deal a couple of days later, whatever it was, we need half a million seed money. We, and, and, and the seed money will get 13 weeks on, on um, ESPN. It was t either 10 to 10.30 or 10.30 to 11 Sunday mornings, 13 weeks with an option for another 13 if it works. The 13 weeks, and we need half a million dollars, half a million will buy the airtime and produce the shows. Now it's my job. He said, they said, didn't you're now you got to go get the half a million. So I call up Daryl Dobbs, who is the executive director of the American Bowling Congress. Daryl Dobbs said, I would be interested in talking. So Daryl Dobbs, Ed Bauer, who, who was his right hand man, get on an airplane and fly to Philly. I fly back to Philly. And Chief Wapensky was the president if you remember him, Len, yeah. of the, of the uh, American Bowling Congress. And Chief Wapensky lived in the Philly area, so he came. So it was those three plus me. They already knew me. I'm not joking. I don't think it took Daryl Dobbs 10 minutes to say, yes, I'm in for my share. And, and his share would have been 170000 And he's in the, he needs, we need to get the WIBC on board. And he said, don't worry about them. They do everything. They have more money than we do. They do what I tell them to do. They're in. I can tell you right now. He, he fell in love with this, Daryl Dobb, because he was visionary and could see we're marrying bowling with the NFL. Come on. We needed one more group. And the other group was going to be the B BPAA, the proprietors. And Bill Blue was the head of that. And I set up, I'm shortening the story as quick as I can. 
He said, we set it up where Bill Blue would come up on a separate time. So I flew up again and we're in the meeting and Bill Blue says, I don't spend any of my money on anything. People pay me. I don't pay them. And the deal died right then and there. John Collins, their marketing guy, his, his mouth dropped. It's over. Done. D, done. D-U-N. <laughs> it was over with. Uh, no recovery because Daryl Dobbs wasn't going to spend any, you know, that was a lot of money, 170000 So my, the moral to that story is they don't all work. You don't always get the deal. Sometimes you get the deal. Sometimes you don't. It didn't work. Bill Blue did not see what we did, which was the vision of working with and inside the National Football League. Didn't happen. <laughs> Steve Sable, by the way, and one thing that Steve, if I still have a minute, a second time on this, Steve Sable saved every single Sports Illustrated. And I said, well, go to 1955. I think it was in May when Steve Nagy was on the cover. And then the next day when I was there with him, he brought it back. He goes, you're ridiculous. How do you know that? I said, because that's my job. <laughs> he brought in the Steve Nagy cover of Sports Illustrated because I believe at that particular time, other than one animation that they did with bowling on, on uh, Sports Illustrated, that Steve Nagy was the only one to grace the cover at that particular time with bowling. And yeah. boy, that was 1955. But my again, a mor another moral to the story, they don't all work. Something not doesn't always happen, Lenny. And Eddie Bauer said one thing to me at the meeting. He goes, he pulls me aside. He goes, Bob, why are you doing this? I said, because what's in it for you? I said, well, I hope if the deal goes through that they'll use me in some regard in production. You know, that's what I wanted to do. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the story. It, it doesn't always work. That's, that's right. The, one of the biggest words in the world is timing. You know, if you don't have good timing, it doesn't make any difference. What it is. So it's bowling, golf, and business. You're right. A hundred percent, Lenny. A hundred percent. But well, listen, we've got this show. Um, we've got it formed and, and and listed, especially for you, because you're a man of faith and you're a man of hard work. And I know you always have some great things to say. So I want you to give us a closing thought about it being Thanksgiving week. Oh, thanks for giving me that opportunity. Here's my Thanksgiving thought. Um, and I'm, I do this every day when I'm about to say, I try to make someone's day better by visiting with them in some way, shape or form than before they saw me that day. Whether it's a smile, whether it's opening the door for somebody, be extra thinking of the other guy every day of your life, but especially giving thanks on, on this week that we do give thanks for what we have, not what we don't have. Think, think about what you have that's more important than what you don't have. And we're all searching for things that we don't have, and that's good, but be thankful for your family, your friends, whatever it is, just be thankful for it and try to make somebody's day better than it was before you met them. Well said, my friend. And uh, you stand by the phone because I'm going to be in touch with you. I love all your stories, your experience. I'm going to have you on often. So 
Phantom fans, the old clock on the wall tells me we are out of time, and I can't believe how quickly the time flies in this show. And I'd like to thank all of our sponsors. Number one would be the Storm Bowling Company. And Bill Christman, he passed away. Our heart still out to Barbara and her condolences, but uh, he'll be missed. Also to our good friend, Brad Edelman from the High Roller. They've been with us ever since we started in 2002. So that's what you call some loyalty. And so that's going to wrap up another show for this week. And I hope that you all enjoyed it. Enjoyed hearing from my old buddy, Bob Geismar. And we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have yet another interesting guest to talk to. And I want to thank my partners with the Junior Bowling Club. Once again, Sam and Dave and Brian. So happy Thanksgiving from Phantom Radio. This is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some loving care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me and soon.